Hi everyone, welcome back to the fifth episode of the Inside Education and Society podcast. It's Yan Chen. Today we're joined by Katrina Murdoch, and we're going to talk about female education, which is apparently a a huge topic. So welcome to the show, Katrina. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How's everything going on, Katrina? It's okay. We're in lockdown in the UK, so、um, finding things to do. But otherwise, it's all good. Great. Nice to have you on the show. So today we're discussing an education issue when it comes to gender, or more specifically, female education. Um, just to get started, could you maybe tell us about how you got into this topic? Yeah, sure. Um, so I read development economics at SOAS, um, which is basically. In a nutshell, I studied the economic growth and sustainable development patterns of countries in Asia and Africa, and within my course, one of the topics that I touched upon was the importance of educating a population,、um, particularly of women, and not only because of its benefits on economic growth, but also its benefits on society as a whole, such as, for example, like greater equality. Better opportunities for everyone, healthier lifestyle, etc.、Um, but as we all know, unfortunately, there's a huge gap between the number of boys and girls receiving education. But we all know that gender equality for everyone is very important. So, I suppose that's how my interest started. And also, to me, I always felt that education is the foundation to building a sustainable and healthy. Um, economies and communities, and it's it is very important for an individual to have a solid educational base.、Um, and I feel that as long as you have a solid education, you should be able to achieve a lot of things in life.、Um, and education is not only taught in the classroom; also, in fact, it's everywhere. Like you can learn it at home through your travels, who you interact with. So I suppose. That's that's how I got into it, and why I'm interested in education on society. Totally agree, and that's also the main idea of this podcast. So you mentioned the gaps between boys and girls in terms of education. Could you give us some examples? Yes. So there's about one hundred one hundred and thirty million girls out of school, and. It's probably mainly due to the reasons of, for example, poverty, that they cannot afford to send their children to school, and if they can, it tends to be that they tend to favor sending the boys to school, which is a shame,、um, because everyone should be educated equally,、um, and then also with conflict and natural disasters that tend to be more prevalent in、uh, these countries where education equality is not so good,、um, and in these countries the girls are. More than twice as likely to be out of school than those living in non-affected countries,、um, and then also then there's a gender discrimination probably attributed to cultural and social biases within the country.、Um, so it's kind of just fix. I suppose a solution to this could be to somehow fix these three points, but it is really difficult, and hence why、um, we still have gender inequality. And educational inequality. So it means that boys tend to have higher opportunities to get education. And also, it's not just that. I would say it's also the 
for both boys and girls, it's the quality of education that you need to make sure is um, is good. So you, I think one of the UN Sustainable Development Goals, I think number four, is education for all, but not just education for all. It has to be quality education. And that's something that people of these countries need to work on as well. For example, um, I don't know, if if they're getting taught skills that may not be required in that country's job market, then they learn these skills, but then they come out for employment and they aren't hired because what they've learned is not necessarily required for that country's economy. Um, and so you end up having a lot of unemployment. And I think that was the case in Kerala, actually, where they have a fantastic educational program at primary, secondary, and a bit of tertiary. But were the children being taught the wrong skills required for the uh, Kerala's job market? Yeah, it's not just about getting educated, but we also have to focus on what kind of education they're getting, right? Yeah, precisely. And also it's keeping them, sorry, it's also keeping them, I think, in school, like not just having primary education, you have to have, also have secondary education, um, because a lot of people would just go for primary and then they'll have to drop out for secondary because of, say, poverty or conflict or uh, gender discrimination also. There's a lot of factors for that. During my studies, I learned that there tends to be a, f- a formula for good, like, sustainable development. Um, and it consists of mainly three things. One of them is physical capital, plus human capital, and plus technological progress. All that equals to economic growth and sustainable development. Um, so I suppose for this situation, for you need to have a good human capital base, so your education, in order to satisfy that equation and have good economic growth and sustainable development. Um, Could you repeat the formula again because I found it really interesting? Yes, so the formula is physical capital plus human capital plus technological progress equals economic growth and sustainable development. I mean of course there are other aspects like the social capital, social norms, what we're talking about, but um, I think that formula shows that why education is so important on a society and for a country's development. Um, because, for example, if you have a country that has a lot of physical capital, so machinery, um, and they are, they can't really progress technology like through technological progress because they don't have brains to to um, progress technologically because there's no human capital, or, yeah, there's no human capital. And the quality of the human capital has to be good and of value in order to do the next step, which is technological progress. Yes, I mean, it's a very simple and it's a very theoretical formula. Of course, it's not going to apply to everything, but it's a start, it's a good way to look at things. Yeah, that's also a very good point. So... Now let's talk about the things behind the situation. From your perspective, what are the causes of these issues? Okay, so I think um, from my knowledge that it is firstly poverty, that you, when they can afford to send their kids to school, they prefer to send the guys or uh, the boys. But um, 
yeah that that and, and I think that also ties in with cultural and social biases within a country um that they just you, you know that's how how it is but uh that's something you have to change I think that's how the main way this sort of came about the gender um inequality within education and what do you think that are the impact these inequalities made on our society yeah that's um a good question so for me i think that if you educate girls particularly i'm not saying also not not to educate girl, yeah, boys for sure. but for both um but for this what like specifically for girls um especially at secondary education if you can reach it up to that level you can have an impact on a number of areas for development as a whole not just economic development for sustainable development so firstly um let's talk about economic development is that you you'll end up uh, having a wider people in the workforce because you have a lot more people who are educated and they aren't just primary um education educated <laughs> primary level educated but they're also secondary level educated So your value of your human capital is increasing, so you will be adding to economic growth, and it is. I think studies have said that it might be up to twelve trillion U.S. dollars added to global growth if you educate females. Um, yes, and and also your the productivity of your workforce will increase, and they always say that productivity may be a factor that is affecting the gender pay gap. So if you can help productivity, productivity, sorry, um, which will then affect education, and then that will help affect the improve the gender pay gap. So it's like a chain of events. Yeah, that's definitely a cycle, sort of, so to speak. But I mean, that was just for um economic development. But then of course, there's a a lot of other places that it could impact in a country, um. Like uh, like social development, like you end up having a healthier workforce and population. I think that's quite a big point that a lot of studies have raised. That if you educate women, you end up having a fall in the country's infant mortality rate and also maternal mortality rates. And if they choose to have children or raise families, these families tend to be, and the children tend to be a lot. Healthier and educated, because of there's more knowledge on nutrition and healthcare, and also they females will then have more of an opportunity to, uh, let me see, they have more of an opportunity to make decisions on their own, and they are more willing to be independent. And I think when we involve girls in our education environments more. It also provides us some more diverse ideas or thoughts, doesn't it? Yes, for sure. For sure, that's a that's a really good point. I didn't think of that. Um, yes, and you will bring about, I think, as you say, a wider thought process on discussions in class, um, and as you say, a broader range of ideas and more creativity because there's a bigger pool of ideas coming in. Yeah, so so it's never just about gender. It's also about race, about culture, right? 
Yeah, so, exactly. Um, from your perspectives, what actions could we actually take in order to um, improve on this topic or to maybe empower female in terms of education? Oh, okay, that's a, a tough one. But uh, from my knowledge, I would say, well, firstly, the UN, World Bank, UNICEF are doing a, a huge amount of work on, on um, helping achieve gender equality within education. And as I mentioned, the sustainable development goal number four is quality education. And then I think sustainable development goal number five is about getting gender equality. So combined, the UN sustainable development goals are trying to achieve this. And I supp- I think it, they're tr- trying to achieve this for example, I think through the World Bank, they've just invested or are investing over five years, 25, no, 2.5 billion US dollars in education projects benefiting teenage girls. Um, but like less detailed, I suppose you could, number one, removing financial barriers that keep girls out of school. So trying to solve the poverty. Um, but that's, that in itself is a huge thing and very difficult to overcome. Um, I suppose you could provide scholarships to girls, um, maybe some kind of credit, uh, cost credit to help with the financing. But I mean, the best way would be if the, if the state could provide free education, um, but that's not always the case. How about the teachers? Yes, I was just about to touch on that. Um, hiring and training qualified, I think also, yeah, hiring and training qualified teachers is very good, but I think also uh, specifically female teachers. So you have like a role model, you have like representation, and it's, uh, it would encourage more girls to, and family as well, not just the students themselves, but uh, their parents, etc. that is... Like, you should send your girls to school. Don't just send the guys. Um, and I think another big thing that's talked about is actually ending ending child marriages. Um, again, that is very difficult to do. It's a particularly a big social uh, f- factor. I don't think, I think it'd be very difficult to end it because of a, the cultural and social uh, stuff around that but perhaps maybe making them later I guess that's a step forward but even that is a bit on the fence so um, and I th- that was actually one of the big things that was a, uh, a cause as to why a lot of girls don't go into education is because they have to be married at such a young age and then look after a family so yeah um, but back, sorry back to your question Yes, probably uh, reducing financial barriers, hiring um, qualified female teachers, ending child ma- marriages, um, reducing school distances. Um, because you hear actually a lot of stories of children, no matter boys and girls, they have to travel such long distances to get to school. And then they, they might be subject to violence on the way or sexual assault. So if you could make that uh, a shorter distance that could help and also having a safe and inclusive learning environment that would um, encourage a lot of girls to go to school I think 
because I think a lot of you hear stories that they don't feel safe um, in the environment, which is a shame. And you, in order to have a good learning environment, you need you need it to be safe. And have you experienced any gender inequality through your studies? Personally, very lucky that I didn't experience um, any gender inequality in education here. I think this, especially in the UK, it's we're very very lucky that we don't have that. And also, you have the state education, so everyone is entitled to education uh, up to the age of I think sixteen, no eighteen, eighteen, yeah, up to the age of eighteen. Um, everyone's entitled to free education, and I think that's that makes such a big difference. When the state can provide the education, it just it's a it's a very good investment for your country and for community, not just economically as I mentioned, but also all the social factors on communities and everyone in the population. Uh, but yes, back sorry, back to the question. For me specifically, no, I was very lucky that I didn't experience any gender inequality in my education. Okay, since we were talking about this topic, um, a couple of days ago, I read an article, and it was about the differences in terms of education during this pandemic, and it says that we could actually shorten the gaps between boys and girls because of the the concept. Of digital learning, or let's say online learning, and what's your opinion on that?、Mm, that's a it's a really good question.、Um, I think that I don't I don't think it would benefit. Actually, I think this whole COVID nineteen situation will exacerbate the risks for women and and girls.、Um, for example. Okay, a lot of people are learning online now, and countries where the gender inequality is huge are in countries where they're probably not going to have access to, or have as good of an access to,、um, online resources to learn. So I I I think it will make it worse,、um, which is a shame. So it's getting back to the social structure again, right? Yeah, and it's and then again not just for women and girls. It this would impact boys as well. So it would likely lead to lower levels of educational and lower levels of literacy rates within the country, because it's all online and they might not have the resources.、Um, but even that, when they go to school, if they can go back to school, it's It'll be as we all know. It'd be very different. You have to social distance. You have to wear masks.、Um, yes, I, I don't think it's going to help at all. <laughs> I think it'll make it worse for both、um, girls and boys. I see. And we're now going to end this up. But before that, do you have anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? As I mentioned, education is everywhere, and you. Even if you aren't in the aren't in educ in the educational system anymore, like in school, you can always keep learning. There's so many resources online. But even if you don't have access to online, you you can always like read books. You'll、um, and just interacting with people. Go meet people. 
that's another form of education, like learning about a different culture, learning about um, another society's uh, social norms or even like through traveling. I think that's an, another form of education that is actually not, because uh, you can't teach that. And I think that's something that's not very uh, much uh, spoken about much. So, um, yeah, education is not just in the classroom. Like even just walk, go for a walk, look at nature. That's education as well. So that's my uh, little tip. Just you're always learning. No harm having more knowledge. Great. And where can our listeners find you, or what kind of things you're currently working on? Um. So I am actually helping found a startup which is helping reduce educational inequality within the languages. So basically, it's called. Well, we're going to be launching soon. Um. So look out. It's called Barter, and it's about providing free education to. University students to help them learn languages. So, for example, if you are, um, you're a native Japanese speaker and you want to learn Spanish, you will be paired with someone who is a native Spanish speaker and wants to learn Japanese. Um, and the whole interaction um will help you learn, and um it's free. So. That's how I'm contributing to the educational inequality sphere, I suppose. We are currently in the process of developing the website, but、uh, we have an Instagram and Facebook page. It's at barter dot skillmatch,、um, and if you follow us on there, you can receive updates as to when we launch, which should hopefully be this month.、Um, so watch out, and you can start learning some languages for free.、Um, and also, is I guess it's a way of networking because it's with other. University students in the world, so if you、uh, end up traveling to that country, you have a like a pen pal there, I suppose. So you can think about it that way. <laughs> Great. So um, thanks for sharing these amazing ideas today, and especially on this, um, one of the most important topic, uh, when we talk about education, I think. So thanks. Thank you. Thanks to your listening. On this episode of the Inside Education and Society podcast, if you'd like to know more, please subscribe to us on wherever you got your podcast. We'll see you next time.